being vice president just ain't Kamala Harris's thing. Uh, a shrink shows she's absolutely nuts, and there's a big victory against cancel culture. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, I got a new microphone, so I wanted a microphone that I could actually post somewhere so I don't have to set up a microphone every day. Uh, we'll have to see how this goes. So this is going to be really a guinea pig episode to see how well this microphone works and how bad I sound or if I need to take my old microphone and somehow jerry-rig it. So if, if you hear something you don't like or the sound sounds kind of weird, I pardon me, excuse me, tell me. Um, Dave is the one who usually listens to these things every day, so he'll be able to tell me right off the bat, and he is not shy about telling me things. Well, the news has been absolutely crazy in the last week, and I mean, I've practically, these podcasts are practically flowing right out. Uh, in the first place, first area is Kamala Harris. Um, she's really, really, really crappy at being vice president and a diplomat. Uh, she got her butt handed to her in Guatemala. So far, it sounds like she's getting her butt handed to her in Mexico. We're going to have to, we'll talk about the Mexico thing tomorrow because I'm not completely sure what's going on with that yet. She's there today. Um, but she had an interview with Lester Holt of M. Uh, of NBC News, and it didn't go real well. Now, when he th this interview, he actually asked her a rather tough question. He asked her why she hasn't been to the border and if she's actually planning to go to a border. And of course, she always issues the most awkward answers, and she always laughs when she when you, you can tell Kamala Harris is in trouble. Uh, and she doesn't know the answer to a question, or she can't come up with a really good answer, she just starts cackling. She did it twice. A couple of times she was asked this. I'm only going to play the Lester Holt interview because it's really weird. And actually, it, her answer is really weird. Not only that strange, awkward cackle she does. Okay, so here, here she is. Here's Lester Holt interviewing Kamala Harris and asking her about visiting the border. There's one other topic I wanted to uh, talk to you about, but let me just quickly put a button. Okay. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, I'm here in Guatemala today. I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole, this whole, this whole thing about the border. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not discounting the importance of the border. Well, I, I mentioned it because I, even I, I know Republicans have certainly come at you on this, but Democratic Congressman Cuellar, as a border district, has said to the, you and the president, "Come, you need, I to, care you need to see about, this." Listen, I care about what's happening at the border. She is so bad at this. That's why she lost her election, and she's also basically showing how much of a liar she is. Lester Holt. This was a softball interview. Let's let's call it what it is. But his question was a great question. It was a very uncomfortable question for her. First off, she got caught straight out lying. Well, well, you 
administration may have been at the border, but you've never been to the border. Well, no, I haven't. I don't understand the point of your question. How does she not understand the point of the question? Have you been to the border? You're in charge of the border. Don't you think you should go down, talk to people on the border, and maybe see what the situation is? Now, I know she won't do that because it's actually a bad photo op, and she doesn't want to do that. The last thing she wants to be caught, uh, have pictures taken of, is her walking through kids being kept in overcrowded cages. That's the reason she won't go to the bar, uh, go to the border. And as far as, as far, so it's really bad. She also seems to be completely unprepared for this, this trip. She seems to have absolutely no idea what she's doing down there. Her past words are beginning to come back to haunt her because both uh, Giamatti and the um, Mexican president, uh, whose name is, don't tell me, Obrador, both are furious at her and the Biden administration, and they refuse to take full blame for it. So this isn't going to work. What she's doing is she's doing what Democrats typically do when it comes to solving problems, throw money at the problem. If we send you $500 billion, she says to Guatemala, or 200 or $100 billion, I'm not sure how much she actually uh, offered them, if she offered them anything, um, this will fix the problem. And Giamatti said, no, that's not going to fix the problem. The problem is your policies. And it's not us. It's not corruption. Yes, there's crime. That's a big problem in this country. But the United States is actually causing a lot of the troubles with the crime. And the, it's the United States that actually needs to go in. I mean, she's getting her lunch handed to her by these countries. And my understanding today with uh, President Obrador of Mexico, she's getting her head handed to her again today. She has done nothing. Now, there are some things here, especially with this, this interview. This interview was really annoying. I started going off on something else. I do that sometimes. Uh, first off, looking for the root causes. This was There was a great analogy done by Jesse Waters on The Five on Fox News. He sat there and he said, that's like having, be having a couple of bees in your house and then going next door to where the beehive is and discussing it with the owner of that house. You're not actually solving the problem by getting the bees out of the house, which really is the issue. You are actually going over and deciding the root cause. That is a crappy way of, first off, it's crappy diplomacy. Second off, it never really resolves things. The issues that she's bringing up, what she's trying to do as far as resolving root causes is could take years or decades. And it's been something people have been doing for, I don't know, like forever and it's never been fixed there are 180,000 people across the border last month it's looking like it's going to be about 180,000 uh or I'm sorry in April it's looking the the stats aren't out but it's looking like it's going to be 180,000 people crossing the border in May so the question is not what the root causes are how are you going to fix it now She's also discovering that going to other countries and 
saying bad stuff to other countries is not really going to work out for her. She is so used to the media actually kissing her butt that when she goes to foreign countries, they just, they won't tolerate it. They won't tolerate her crap. They won't tolerate her insults. They'll go right after her. And that includes the people of that country, and that includes the media of that country. She can't do interviews at all. She just, she just cannot do interviews. She, her nervous cackle is something everyone brings up. Anytime she, she would be a crappy chess player, she would be a crappy poker player. Because you can tell when she's lost her crap. And the problem is the media should be able to tell this too. My question to you is, when she starts laughing, that's the point you sit there and you hit her up with a follow-up question. And no one ever does. Lester Holt didn't. As a matter of fact, Lester Holt blamed the Republicans again for her. Uh, the reason she has to go to the uh, border. Because Republicans want you to go to the border. No, she should go to the border because she should go to the border. It's not just Republicans. And, and Lester Holt did point that out. Democrats are also having an issue with this in Texas. Okay, they're going to lose if they don't do something to stop this. Um, she, and, and by the way, again, how did she not understand the question? The question was rather straightforward. We've got a problem at the border. Um, why won't you just go to the border? Don't you want to see what the problem is? No, they don't want to do that. They don't want to see what the problem is. They want to ignore the problem. And the whole Europe thing just made her look like an idiot. Uh, I'm sorry. I Okay, well, I haven't been to Europe either. Okay, what's that got to do with the crisis on the border and you going to Guatemala or Mexico? No, you need to go to the border. You don't need to go to Guatemala. You need to go to the border. I mean, are they having a border crisis? With our, is the United States having a border crisis with Europe? No, I didn't think so. I mean, do we have a state that borders any country in Europe? So why would she need to go to Europe? So it, it's just, just absolutely, she's just terrible at this. And I'm not exactly sure. It, and she's looking to be the next president. Seriously. Joe Biden, I think the Democrats are going to keep Joe Biden in office as long as they can because I don't think they have a choice. Kamala Harris as a president will definitely cost them the 2024 election, but probably is going to cost them a lot more in the future. She's just absolutely horrid. And we've still got Biden who took off to Europe again, uh, took off to Europe today. We've got that whole thing going. By the way, <laughs> His trip started out badly because apparently that trip was delayed. So, oh, I can't wait to see what actually, he's actually heading off to England today. I can't wait to see what happens over there. Now, next story. Um, God, there are so many stories I can't keep up. I I, I swear I'm going to have, I'm supposed to be off tomorrow not doing it because I'm going to uh, spend some time with my the love of my life, but. I may have to do it only because there's so much and they're so interesting. So in April, a New York-based psychiatrist told medical students and faculty in a virtual speech that was actually limited and private uh, 
that um, white people suck. The psychiatrist is Dr. I'm, gonna, I'm so going to mess this up. She's uh, obviously Arab or Central Middle Eastern. Dr. Aruna Kilanani. And she did a, a virtual class for the Ivy League Institutions Child Studies Center for Yale University. Yale University. You know, $60,000 a year, prestigious, high-end college. Yeah, she did that. Listen to this. It's just absolutely amazing. I had fantasies of unloading a revolver into the head of any white person that got in my way, daring their body, and wiping my bloody hands as I walked away relatively guiltless. With a bounce on my step, like I did the world a f***ing favor. The white people are out of their minds and they had been for a long time. We are asking a demented, violent predator who thinks that they're a saint or a superhero to accept responsibility. It ain't gonna happen. They have five holes in their brain. Okay, I would... I, by the way, that video had nothing to do with my podcast. That's actual... That audio had nothing to do with my podcast. That actually is how it sounded. I, but I thought it would have more impact to play the audio than it would. She's talking about shooting white people in the head five times then walking away with a bump in her, her step and not having any guilt about it because white people suck and she doesn't want to hear their problems this is in, this is not even just racist which it is it's completely racist it's absolutely insane Someone recorded the audio and released it into the wild because it was a limited talk. Not everyone could actually listen to it. It wasn't made public. And this was this was actually reviewed by the psychiatric department. She doesn't work for Yale. She's a, a guest speaker, but this was this speech was actually reviewed. And this was a scripted speech. I just absolutely incredible. Later, she responded in a way that was less sorrowful for her words. She actually didn't really care. She didn't think she said anything wrong. Anything wrong. She said this on Twitter. LOL. LOL. Looks like everyone is in a tizzy about fantasies, dreams, but not actions. And by the way, she doesn't know grammar, so apparently she... Huh. She also said in a statement that she was being misconstrued, that her words were a metaphor. I hate when people do this because they do it all the time. A metaphor for what? The world's a stage and all men and women are the actors is a metaphor. Because I can take that metaphor and I can take that statement and I can actually understand what this individual is saying the point that they're making okay it sounds to me that this is i i want to unload my gun into the heads of white people i'm a little fuzzy on the metaphor that she's actually using it sounds like she hates white people and what's really scary this is a mental health care worker who can actually prescribe drugs okay 
few things with this. Don't psychopaths who have killed 50 people also have these types of dreams, but then they play them, play to their dreams? This sounds like she's she's got some real psycho, psychopathy problems. She's either a sociopath or just a pure psychopath. But if she's dreaming this kind of stuff, here's something wild. I don't dream about killing people. I have never dreamed. People I absolutely hate. I've never dreamed about killing them. I, this is not normal dreams and fantasies. I don't have fantasies about killing people. Then you know why? I'm normal. I'm not a psychopath or a sociopath. If you're having these feeding feelings, fantasies, or dreams, should you really be treating people's mental problems? And if she is treating people's mental problems, should she be treating those people who are white? Because, by the way, she does treat white people. And she even has a TikTok video. God, the most evil social media site in the world. She has a TikTok video where she talks about how she treats white patients. And it's really disgusting. She sits back and, I, I got to tolerate their complaining. I got to tolerate their questions. You're their psychiatrist. They are paying you for your opinions. They are paying you to ask questions. They are paying you to complain. That's what they're doing. She's just insane. That's, that's what it comes down to. She's just a nut job. And she shouldn't be treating people. She should be investigated. And she should lose her license. There was a, and by the way, a lot of people say, well, maybe that wasn't racist. It was definitely racist. Stephen Crowder on Louder with Crowder actually replaced, took the speech, wrote it down, and actually replaced all the times she said white and replaced them with black. Guess what? That would have been considered racist. So it's absolutely amazing. Um, Yale, to their credit, started distancing themselves from her in a statement. Uh, here's part of it. They said, quote, based on these concerns, School of Medicine leaders, including Dean Brown and Deputy Dean Lattimore, in the consultation with the chair of the Child Study Center, reviewed a recording of the talk and found the tone and the content antithetical of the values of the school. In deciding whether to post the video, we weighed our grave concern about the extreme hostility, imagery of violence, and profanity expressed by the speaker against our commitment to freedom of expression. We ultimately decided to post the video with access limited to those who could have attended the talk, the members of the Yale community, to emphasize that the ideas expressed by the speaker conflict with the core values of Yale School of Medicine we added the disclaimer. The video contains profanity and imagery of violence. Yale School of Medicine expects the members of our community to speak respectfully to one another and avoid the use of profanity as a matter of professionalism and acknowledgement of our common humanity. Yale School of Medicine does not condone imagery of violence or racism against any group. Okay, good for them. They're right. She should have the freedom of expression, even if it's racist and violent. But the American Psycho Psychiatric Association should probably perform an investigation and probably a psychological an analysis on this broad. She shouldn't be 
quote, helping, end quote, people. Because she's not qualified. And she's nuts. And she already has prejudice against a person based off the melanin level of their body. But nothing will happen because the APA has accepted this type of woke BS. I mean, they've changed the DSM-5 to redefine what tra- what uh, uh, gender dysphoria is. So they're probably not going to do a thing. So it, it's it's absolutely incredible that she even got invited. She has seriously TikTok videos left and right talking about or showing her racism. She's not a good human being. And Yale had enough notice before actually inviting her to speak. So I'm not so sure that Yale wasn't okay with it. I just think she probably went a little too far and they realized, oh, shoot, we can't accept that. Let's make a statement and invite her next month. Now, there are two things that really disturb me about this video. And it's not just that she's a racist and psychopath, bad person. It's the fact that she is saying things that is not condemned by the media or anybody. Yes, they, they, Yale said that, oh, hey, you know, we don't agree with her or anything like that. But they let this hateful, terrible human being speak. And they still posted that stuff. And they tried to hide it. And they still tried to hide it. They, they did try to hide it. And it's disturbing that they tried to hide it. And this broad is actually talking to our children, talking to our youth. Not to mention... The demonization of white people has gotten so bad that someone can sit there and say, I want to shoot him in the head five times in an institution, an American institution, and it it barely gets any coverage. Now, it's being covered by conservative media, not being covered at all by anybody else. Fox News covered it, Daily Wire covered it, New York Post covered it. But CNN didn't touch it, Uh, MSNBC didn't touch it, none of the broadcast media, ABC, NBC, CBS, none of them covered it. That's disturbing. Because, again, if we had reversed this and a black person, a Republican, or a, 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 not a liberal, but a conservative has said it, and we had changed the words to black, you better believe this would have been discussed for weeks on end. It's just, it's really disturbing. And the demonization of people, I mean, this is being done by the media. It really does excuse violence against white people. It really does. That's what that whole thing is about, is white people. Killing a white person is just not a thing anymore. You can go ahead and do it. Very, very, very disturbing video. Okay, and we've got some good news now. This story is about a guy named Byron Cross. He was a PE teacher for Leesburg Elementary School. And what happened was this PE teacher said he could not affirm the preferred gender identity of children who claim to be transgender. In other words, he refused to use the kids' pronouns. He refused to use the kids' preferred gender identity name. And he said he did it because of religious beliefs. 
he said this at a board meeting, quote, I love all my students, but I will never lie to them regardless of consequences. I'm a teacher, but I serve God first, and I will not affirm that a biological boy can be a girl and vice versa, because it's against my religion. It's lying to a child. It's abuse to a child, and it's sinning against God. He was suspended by the school. He was able to get a hold of a lawyer from the Alliance Defending Freedom, or ADF, named Tyson Langhofer. 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 That's got to be how you pronounce it. And they basically took the case for free, as the ADF actually does. And he said about the case, Quote, public schools have no business compelling teachers to express ideological beliefs that they don't hold, nor do they have the right to suspend someone simply for respectfully providing their opinion at a public meeting. The school district favors a certain set of beliefs on a hotly contested issue, and it wants to force Tanner to cry uncle and endorse uh, Tanner. I'm sorry, Tanner is his um, nickname. He meant Byron. Uh, the school district favors a certain set of beliefs on a hotly contested issue and wants to force Byron to cry uncle and endorse them as well. That's neither legal nor constitutional, and neither was the school's move to replace Byron on leave. The judge found that the suspension and the compelling of Cross to affirm trans identity of students violates the First Amendment and therefore is unconstitutional. Cross had to be immediately reinstated. Now, we're going to have to see if the school board is actually going to appeal this. There's a, a very good possibility they'll get some leftist group that will fund an appeal for this, and and then that the school district will actually look for an activist judge to get that ruling overturned, and then uh, Cross will be suspended again. If that happens, expect to see this in the Supreme Court. It's going to happen. Now, I, I do agree that this is a First Amendment rights issue. I, I do agree, freedom of religion, freedom of speech. But I think there's a more important issue that needs to be addressed. And it's the affirming of transgender youth and their, they, their decision to become transgender. Okay, I'm reading a book now called Irreversible Damage by Abigail Schreier. I mentioned that earlier. The book discusses the rise of transgender identification in girls specifically, who never showed any signs of transgender dysphoria in their youth, but suddenly decided to be transgender. Though there are many reasons Schreier gives for the rise, and I think it's something crazy, it's like 4,000% rise in transgender uh, in transgender identification. One of the reasons she gives for that rise and why little kids are suddenly saying, hey, I, I want to start testosterone or I want to start estrogen therapies, which basically will jack that kid up for the rest of their lives, is because of something called affirmative therapy by psychoanalysts. Now, psychologists, you with this therapy, the idea is that they agree with the child. They sit back and say, they'll use the kid's pronouns, they'll use the kid's name that that kid wants to use, 
they completely accept that that child wants to be a transgender child. Okay, they they accept it. No no questions asked. Anybody who decides, any psychologist who decides to go, actually go to the root of the problem, where they want to see, okay, why do you feel? Because here's the thing, most of the time, most of the time when you're dealing with a, a prepubescent or a pubescent child who feels it's about uh, it's about changing their body to meet what they think they deserve or belong to, it usually has nothing to do with that. It usually has some other problem that a, a psychiatrist who doesn't believe in this affirmative therapy crap will actually sit back and say, okay, let's find out why you believe in that. Now, that doesn't mean they don't believe that some people want to be transgender. It just means that, first off, I, I can't remember what Schreier called it, but it was kind of a wait-and-see technique, that eventually you're probably going to grow out of it. As a matter of fact, 88% of the people who have gender dysphoria, who feel they are a man in a woman's body or vice versa, they actually grow out of it. But they want to find what the actual issues issues are. And typically, they can find the issue, and the kid will end up growing normally. And they are not against uh, uh, transgenders. They say some kids, they grow up, and yeah, they end up 23, 24, 25 years old, and they want to be transgender, and there you go. Go for it. Okay. But what the left and the transgender community has decided to do is start calling this stuff conversion therapy. Now, conversion therapy was something that was done, I think, since the 80s, and it involved homosexuals. So I think I'm gay, and my parents will usually stick me into some sort of conversion therapy, which in the old days was done by priests, okay? The problem with conversion therapy is it didn't work, and we know that homosexuality has just been a thing for a very long time. We've had thousands of years to analyze homosexuality and realize, okay, if he's gay, that's fine. Uh, it just is what it is. It's what happens. A lot of gays say, well, I've been gay since... I it, the reality is, I mean, Plato was... or I'm sorry, Socrates was gay. So this is something that does... Alexander the Great was gay. So there are thousands of years that show that homosexuals are pretty normal. It's, it's something you're not going to convert a homosexual. But there has been no, not enough, research or studies that say that transgenders can't be converted or can't be or don't have any underlying condition which makes them uh, feel like they need to be transgender. So this is the whole thing. I personally don't care if you want to be a transgender, but I also think that a child shouldn't have that decision. A child, I think it's crappy, psycho affirmative therapy is crappy psychology because you're basically listening to the patient and the patient is determining the direction of the therapy. Whereas if I sat back and I said, I'm in pain, Doctor, give me morphine, give me, uh, give me um, heroin, give me some sort of drug. I'm actually determining my own therapy. That's weird. 
That's not typically how it works. I wouldn't need doctors at that point. Well, it also shows you just how weak psychology is. It's not a real, it's a soft science. I think, I'm glad for this ruling. I'm glad he got his job back. I, I, I agree that this was probably, this was a First Amendment issue. What I don't agree with is we're really missing the boat on affirmative therapies or if affirmative, uh, I don't want to say action, but affirmative holding of transgenders. I, I just, I don't agree with that. And I think, honestly, uh, psychologists who decide to do the wait-and-see approach with transgenders, they're usually condemned as cons- conversion therapists. And their lives are ruined. They lose their jobs. They lose their practices. They get sued. I just think it's really a crappy, crappy way to do things. I would like to see the courts, when a parent takes their, their what's happening in Texas, when a parent says, my kid should have testosterone or estrogen treatments so that kid, 10 years old, can transition, I would like to actually have the courts sit there and say, uh, no, that's not how it works. Affirmative therapies are terrible, and I think those need to be addressed by the courts because I believe affirmative therapy is actually child abuse. Okay, well, I'm going to have to listen to this thing again to see just how great this uh, microphone is and what adjustments I need to make. So you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, YouTube, and Rumble. Visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com so you can take a look at all of the video and the audio and the uh, links that I have. I have all references to everything that we talked about. Hope you have a great day. I will I will probably be off tomorrow. I will not be doing a podcast tomorrow, but I will be doing one Friday. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking.